Hey Amy, it's March 21st, Saturday night here in Austin, and um, I wrote most of my letter on the 19th, um, and I'm in a pretty different state now, but I still wanted to read it because time and the passing of time is so warped now anyway, as we're contained in our homes. Um, but I wanted to first start by saying thank you so much for your last letter. It was fantastic, and I took so many notes. You really made me want to read Paradise Rot and Out of Time, so I'm adding that to my list for sure. And uh, wow, that quote by Lynn Siegel mostly quoting Derek Jarman is just so fantastic. I also love all things queer and love the word itself so much, even though I don't necessarily feel compelled to describe or explain it. Um, maybe our letters can just do the explaining and exploring for us. Anyway, so here's my letter from March 19th. I shouldn't be writing today because I'm in such a bad mood. I feel frail and agitated, tired and anxious. It's my mother's birthday today, and I spent almost 20 minutes going through photos on my phone looking for this one particular photo of my mom that she took of herself and sent to me once. A few years ago, she was really into sending selfies of herself, usually with her garden flowers or bouquets that I would send her, but there's this one picture she took of herself in the bathroom where you can see her face in the reflection of the mirror that's above their bathtub, and below, all along the edge of the bathtub, are plastic animals, all lined up in a row. She had those for whenever my brother's children were at their place, and I just love that she took a photo of herself with them. She's also the type of selfie taker where she still looks at herself in the phone or, you know, on the screen, you know? So when you look at the selfie, she's not really looking at you. She's looking down at herself in the phone. Anyway, I'll have to keep searching for that photo because it's really quite lovely. And speaking of looking, I was meant to write this incredible letter about a portrait of a lady on fire, right? And I'd still like to, but I'm also too upset to write something incredible. But here are the things I can say about the movie. I'd like to see it more than once. It's a masterpiece. It's revolutionary. It's one of the most beautiful movies I've ever seen. I want to live in each crease of a dress, each flicker of the fire, each twitch of Adele Anel's mouth. For days afterwards, I would close my eyes and see the entire movie in front of me. My eyes really never left the screen in the theater. There were moments in the beginning where I was worried I wouldn't like it because I had read and heard so much about the movie beforehand. And also I kept seeing the Adele and the media part interview that you sent to me rather than the role she played. And I think I did prefer the second half of the movie to the first, but that's just a small, very small detail. What I admire the most about Celine Schiama is that she made this movie in such a way that it doesn't exist in the same landscape as every other movie that has come before. She's so f fully playing in her own fucking arena that you can't compare it to other love stories that have been told before, particularly ones between two women, I think at least. I mean, maybe that's a very dramatic thing to say, but I don't really care. I'd like to see the movie again and a few more times thereafter because a few of the reviews I read 
describe it as erotic, like The Guardian and The New Yorker, and I'm not, I'm not quite sure if I see it. To me, I mean, Call Me By Your Name feels like a, an erotic movie, but I feel like A Portrait of a Lady is just more than that. The Guardian does capture it's, it quite nicely as an intellectually erotic study of power and passion in which observed becomes observer, authored becomes author, returned time again, time and again to a central question. If you look at me, who do I look at? Whereas there was something in Rachel Symes' review in The New Yorker that annoyed me, like where she writes, where many other directors of a period lesbian romance might emphasize the taboos of same-sex love, Skemma is less interested in shame and shock as she is in the force of the genuine bonds that form. Her filming of sex and nudity ingeniously sidestep, sidesteps titillating cinematic conventions. The only intercourse shown involves fingers in an armpit, and the only time we see Eloise her full nude form, she is stretched on a bed, a small mirror blocking her pubis, as Marianne gazes at her own reflection, sketching a self-portrait. The film's relative modesty feels, in part, like a rebuke to another acclaimed French lesbian romance, the 2013's Blue is the Warmest Color, whose male director included a six-minute sex scene that the female stars later said they found demeaning to film. I guess what frustrates, what frustrates me is that it should be assumed that lesbian relationships in movies should include titillating cinematic conventions. And I, I feel like our gaze of the lesbian relationship has been so ruined by our expectations to see nudity. So while I think Skiamma is a fucking genius, I don't think it's ingenious of her to avoid these conventions, if that makes sense. I think her genius lies in that she's so far beyond all of that. Like when I saw the scene with the bare armpit, I tensed up and I was just praying she wouldn't reveal more, reveal more. And I also thought it was a bit of a kind of like a fuck you scene, like, like, fuck you, I'm not going to give you fingering like you're so used to from mainstream porn. I'm just going to give you an armpit. Anyway, uh, the ending did ruin me in the most wonderful way. And I guess it kind of reminded me of the ending in Call Me By Your Name, where, you know, the slow scene to music, where our main characters are building up to tears and all of their emotions. I can't wait to hear what you thought and what you think. And I'm curious to hear, so did the armpit scene show up in the censored version? Um, a couple of other things I wanted to mention is that I saw Pain and Glory by Pedro Almodovar. I've had a long crush on Almodovar because, because of Talk to Her. Um, it meant so much to me as a teenager, and I was really excited to see his new movie, but I'm not sure if it will have a huge lasting effect on me. Antonio Banderas was incredible, and so was his apartment in the movie, but I guess the story didn't dig as deep as I'd hoped it would. Anyway, still, all the acting conveyed in just his eyes alone was so special. Oh, and one last thing I have to tell you is that I'm listening to an audiobook that's 24 hours long. 
It's a biography of Selma Lagerlöf, um, a Swedish writer who lived in the 18 in the 1850s, and she was the first woman to win the Nobel Prize. Uh, the the biography is just incredible. Um, I mostly knew of her from being the face of my 20 kroner bill when I was young, as she wrote one of my favorite children's books um, about a boy who accidentally shrinks to the size of a matchbox and travels across Sweden riding on a goose. But um, anyway, the most important thing, turns out she was queer and never married and had all these incredible female friendships and always wanted to be a writer in her life. And yeah, I can't wait to tell you more about her once I finish all of the hours of the audiobook. Mm, Amy, I really, mm, I'm gonna try to not get emotional, but I, I really miss you um, now more than ever. And I hope you're doing well and staying safe and healthy. Take good care. Love, Silk.